1: So how is someone saved? Is it Jesus plus good works? Good works alone. Can the law do anything? Can our good works do anything? We'll talk about it all next. So how are you saved? Is it because you go to church on a regular basis? Maybe your parents were saved, so it rubs off on you. Maybe you're an American. Maybe you love baseball. Maybe you love apple pie and Chevrolet. These are answers that are actually given to the question, how is one saved? Which begs the question, how is one really saved? Well, the Apostle Paul deals with that here in Galatians pretty succinctly. We invite you to join us as we examine it together. The Gospel Brings Freedom, the title of our series, our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules, with today's broadcast of Truth For Today.
2: And God said, go, get, get outside that tent, boy. He got outside. He said, look up. He did, what do you see? A lot of stars. You All the lights are out. Those heavens, they just dance. Stars, stars. Yeah? Well, that's what your seed's going to be like. And and you know, in chapter 18, Sarah bust out in a, a belly laugh. She, that's why they named her son Isaac, laughter. She said, This is a laugh. Abram said, Okay, that's a promise. I believe your promise. And right there, God says, I'm going to count that to you for righteousness. You believed what I promised. Next week, I want to preach on, are you saved by promises or by performance? you believe? I count it to you for righteousness. Now, this is where Paul runs all the time. But the Judaizers did this. They put it together this way. Oh, no, no. Here, he believed God. But he kept everything God said. And that was circumcision. In chapter 17, so when they came into the churches, they said, You can only be sons of Abraham if you're willing to be circumcised. You can only be sons of Abraham if you put yourself under the law. Paul, in a brilliant argument, he says, We're not talking about Genesis 17. We're going to Genesis 15. He believed God. And when a man or woman believes God and believes his promise... He declares him to be right before God. That's what he says. Listen to what he says. Consider Abraham. He believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. That word credited is our word imputation. It was reckoned to him. It's a ledger thing. It was put to his credit. I believe your promise. God says, you're right in my sight. What did I do? You believe that I can do what I promise. Think of it. He didn't do anything. He, he didn't uh, touch Sarah's procreative powers. He wasn't able to make her fertile. He couldn't fulfill the promise. Matter of fact, God put him to sleep and God confirmed it as he walked through the cut up meat. And he said, I don't even want you to walk through the meat with me because I'll make this based upon my word alone. You'll receive my promise, Abraham, but you won't hold hands with me like we do in making covenants in the ancient Near East. I don't even want you to walk between this meat. I myself will do this for you. Did you know you can be saved today if you can believe God can save you? It's based on His power, it's based upon what He did for you through Christ. It's not based upon your ability. It's just based on whether you will believe that God can keep his promise. When he said, I'll give eternal life to whosoever believeth in the Lord Jesus Christ. That, I know it, it just, it wouldn't be possible if it was anyone other than God making the promise. That's what he says. And he goes on. Understand then that those who believe are children of Abraham. Not those who are circumcised, those who believe. The scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. Now, what was the gospel that Abraham uh, would, would come to realize? All nations will be blessed through you. So those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. What was the gospel? Jesus died, was buried, rose again. No, Abraham didn't have that. Abraham got the working mechanism of the gospel that says a man gets a promise from God, whether that's Christ died for your sins or I'll make your seed like the heavens. He believes what God says. And God rewards that act of faith with a declared statement. I declare you to be right before me. That's the gospel. And the Gentiles get in on it. Why? We're related to Abraham when we believe. We call him our father. And he says in verse 29. Those who are in Christ are the seed of Abraham. It gets beyond ethnicity. It gets away from sperm count and chronology that goes back to a man. Everyone who exercises faith towards God is related to Abraham through Christ. So those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Then he says, all who rely on observing the law are under a curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone... Who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. I want you to turn there uh, to Deuteronomy. Turn back to Deuteronomy. Fifth book. Old Testament. Fifth book. Turn to Deuteronomy. And what does that mean? Deutero. two Nami law. Second giving of the law. And uh, look at the end of chapter twenty. Seven. He's talking to those who want to be under the law. How many would like to be under the law? Let's say you all want to be under the law. you got to keep the law. you got to keep the law. I'd like to give you a little test, okay? And let's say you can just stand up whenever we come to something you haven't kept. No, you really don't have to do that. Uh, but look at uh, 27. Cursed, let, look at verse 15. Cursed is the man who carves an image or casts an idol. Any of you ever had an idol? Any of you ever prayed to a crucifix? Any of you ever uh, offer any bananas to Buddha? Felt real bad in a Chinese restaurant. One of my grandchildren ate the bananas. It's a wonder they've let us back. Buddha went to bed hungry that night. JP did good cursed is the man who dishonors his mother or father anybody ever uh, say bad things about your mom and dad there's a whole lot that are cursing of them today a whole lot cursed is the man who leads the blind astray the man who holds justice from the alien the fatherless or the widow you would never uh, take an alien and not pay them a good wage would you the man who sleeps with his father's wife is under a curse. The man who has sexual relations with an animal. bestialities, all the way back to the time of Moses and Canaan. They were sleeping with animals then. The man who sleeps with his sister, the daughter of his father, is under a curse. The man who sleeps with his mother-in-law. The man who kills his neighbor in secret. The man who accepts a bribe. 26. Cursed is the man who does not uphold the words of this law by carrying them out. Let's take the Ten Commandments. Anybody ever commit a sexual sin, adultery, fornication, uh, pornography? Anyone ever do that? Please don't raise your hand. You're under the curse of the law. Anybody ever tell a lie? Then the whole church would be a liar if you didn't raise your hand. We've all lied one way or the other. Let's take the test. Uh, Anybody ever covet what someone else had? Tenth commandment. Have you ever coveted? Have you ever taken the name of the Lord in vain? I grew up in tough neighborhoods, and we do everything, but I, I got into a habit of saying, God, dog. I picked that up. I didn't even think that was bad until I got home. And my father says, what did you just say? God, dog. And that was light compared to what we were saying. And, yeah, you know, I hear Christians sometimes, they'll get disgusted. And they'll say, My Lord. And I just kind of cringe. My Lord, were you want to talk to him? No, no, you're just saying, You never invoked, Israel knew, never invoked the name. And they didn't even know how to say the name because they only had laterals. They had Y, H, W, H. And the Mazarites had not yet put the vowel pointings. So they were forbidden to even try to say the name of Yahweh. We're still guessing. Because we don't know what the vowels ought to be. Jehovah. They could do Elohim. They could do Adonai. But they never could say the name Yahweh. We don't know. We're just guessing when we say it now. You did not invoke the name of God. Unless you really were talking to God. And I, I tell you the sitcoms. I mean, I hear God this, God that, and uh, just God damning things that he never damned. Just a good little explicative. Did you, know, you pass that test? Let's take, let's but you say, well, I, I did, uh, I did nine of them, but I just didn't do that tenth one that covet. I do covet some stuff that I don't have yet. Well, guess what? You get to come under the curse for not keeping any of it. Because James says if you don't keep one part of it, you're guilty of breaking it all. Well, what does that mean then? I'm under the law. Yeah, that means you're under a curse. Cursed is the man who does not uphold the words of this law by carrying them out. And even the rabbis knew that no man perfectly kept the law. And did you know what? If if you get bored with the, uh, I've just finished Leviticus, and I'm I'm in Numbers now. And if you're bored with the Ten Commandments, there's 603 others. Because there's 613 commands in the Torah that you're supposed to keep. So if you're bored with the Ten and you've got those down, let us introduce you to the other 600. No, the Ten will slay most all of us in some way. So what does he say? You want to be under the law? Cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Clearly no one is justified before God by the law. Because the righteous live by faith. The righteous live before God by not keeping rules. Not by keeping Sabbaths. Not by refusing and just eating a kosher diet or ceremonial law or whatever. We live by faith just like Abraham did 400 years before the law. God's righteous people are known by this. They believe what God says. That's why the New Testament we start calling them a give them a noun. We took a verb and we turned it into a noun. Are you a believer? Not a nominal Christian. Do you believe it when God says it? We walk by faith, not by sight. I tell you, after I first got saved, the feelings wore off after a while. And there were periods that seemed so dry. My prayer life was dry. My Bible reading was dry. Our pastor preached a bunch of dry sermons. Uh, The singers were dry. It was dry gulps. And I begin to ask, am I saved? And I had to ask myself, did you get saved on a goosebump or on a promise? Do you have to have goosebumps when you're signing your marriage certificate for it to be valid? Did I believe God? That's the question in your life. And did you know what? The ongoing Christian life is still the same principle. Are you believing what God says enough to act on it? That's what, that's what the Christian life's all about. Is believing. And the believing makes you carry out the obedience. You don't just leave it at, I believe you, but I won't do it. It results in an Abraham taking his boy up on Mount Moriah and being willing to kill him. In time, that faith will give evidence that it will obey whatever God says. But you're saved in the meantime. People are under a curse. Notice this. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, the man who does these things will live by them. The law says you are only blessed if you do everything I tell you. You can only have my blessing if you have a perfect life of obedience to it. Now, you say, well, how did they ever survive the law? God gave them a sacrificial system that would kill a lamb in their place. That's the only way they made it until Christ. Somebody's getting their neck broken and the jugular veins slit, and the blood flowing off of Jewish altars. That's what God accepted in the meantime. But in these last days, he has slain a son. And that's what he says. Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree out of Deuteronomy. But he redeemed us Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for, it, for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. He's right back to where he started. How did you get the Spirit? By the hearing of faith. How did you get the Spirit? somebody bore my curse and what was the curse i have broken the law over and over and over again and the only way lawbreakers can ever be right before god is through the crucifixion of another listen to me everything good That you've ever received, and everything bad that you've been spared from has happened to you as a result of Christ dying in your place. Every good thing you've ever received came because Christ came between you and the curse, and the curse fell on him, and everything bad intended for you fell on him for God made him to be my sin my curse God made him to be everything bad that I was that he might make me everything Christ is this is our gospel I hear John say it John said it this way to Nicodemus as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness so shall the Son of God be lifted up. And God will save anyone who looks to Christ and believes. The look is equal to believing. Just think can you imagine over two million Jewish people traveling through the wilderness from Egypt? And all of a sudden, your children, your fathers, your mothers, your sisters, and the brothers are dying from snake venom. And all of a sudden, there's no snake vaccine out there, you know. And all of a sudden, the cry of the camp goes up to Moses. And Moses said, God, what am I to do? Are we to all perish by snake bites before we ever get to the promised land? And God tells Moses, take the thing that's killing you. Make an image of the thing, the curse that's killing you. And put it up on a pole so the people could see it. And if they'll just see the the cursed thing on a pole, they'll get salvation for a look. And today, in the midst of the wrecks of time and the perishing of our generation, God's church is to be lifting up an old rugged cross with the Son of God on it. It says, there, he who became a curse for me was cursed so he might buy me out from the curse. Redeem me like a slave. I've been bought out from underneath the curse. And I've been declared right because I got salvation just for a look. I believe. This is why, and I close, this is why the devil himself, you know what he does when we lift up the cross? And we lift up Christ, the devil runs up there, and he's just doing like this. He stands in between the sinner and the gospel, and he's doing just like that. And, and, and I see people here week after week that I know that are not believers, and, and I am think, when will they be saved? Uh, am I going to have to hear me jump here before they believe? And I'll talk to them, and sometimes they just don't get it. They'll miss this or that. And what it is, is is Second Corinthians says, their eyes have a veil over it. So they can't see the glory of God as revealed in Jesus. They just said, you mean I have to move out from living with this girl? You mean I have to give up? They always start the list of what they gotta change and they're already living like hell. Their life is miserable, but the moment the gospel's heard, they start to count all the good things about being a lost sinner and why I shouldn't sign up. And then all of a sudden, God's had enough And he gives a divine declarative command. They'll be rent. (laughs) You mean? Wow. You're there for me? Yeah. You mean by receiving you, I'm not under God's curse? Yeah. You mean, but if I put my trust in you, I get eternal life? Yeah. You mean it won't be based on what I do? Yeah. Where have I been all my life? You've been blind. You've been blind. And he tells us, poor preachers, keep preaching the gospel until you hear the rent of the veil. (laughs) And at that point, I'll save. So today, you can know Jesus Christ, the accursed one, who purchased your ticket off of the slave block. You were not only going to be sold as a slave, you were headed to a guillotine because the curse brings death. And in Christ, you get eternal life. Our Father, I am staggered that the Son would become a curse. That a member of the Godhead would literally pick up the sins of the race. Oh, that I had 10,000 tongues to sing my Redeemer's praise. I thank you, Lord, that uh, I'm not under the law because before I even got started, I'd break it. There's no question. Anything you can legislate, I know how to break. We are sinners from the womb. We're born under the generational curse of being born to Adam's race. And it's condemned and it's dying. But in Christ, you've begun a new race of men, men that the curse cannot fall on, a race of men and women that you declare right just by faith alone in Christ alone. If there be anyone here, Lord, that's trusting uh, good works, uh, their performance, may they abandon their rags and run to you and be clothed in the righteousness of Christ. I pray, strengthen the ministry of First Resort. Strengthen the ministry of the Bay Area Rescue Mission. Father, don't just strengthen the ministry. Strengthen the people who do the work. There is no ministry without the ministers. Strengthen the ministers of these ministries. And our missionary families all over, as we get ready to celebrate missions in March, add additional missionaries to us that we can underwrite and support. To lift Christ up, the one who became the serpent, the cursed thing, that he might bring healing to the nations. Please, Lord, strengthen all the ministers of this assembly that we will not become weary in well-doing as we lift up Christ to a wrecked world. In his name we pray, amen.
1: And with that, we come to the end of our time today here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. As we conclude our time together today, we would invite you to contact us if you have questions, comments about the broadcast. Maybe you have a question about your own walk and relationship with the Lord or a prayer request. We'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch with us today.